I think the best word to describe Christians is to be called followers of Christ. That was the very word that was used for those who first followed Jesus. They were called followers of Christ or the followers of the way. And today Jesus is calling us to consider again what it is to be his follower. We need to be reminded of what it is to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. That is what Jesus is urging on us as we are approaching the, the Easter, as we are approaching the time when he was crucified. And even today we are even more blessed to have the table just before us, remembering the very event that took place 2,000 years ago that brought us an abundant life. That was what Jesus said. He said, I came to give you life and in abundance. It's not the amount, it's the quality of life that we have. And by the quality of life I, we have, I don't mean that you have a luxury home and a swimming pool and also a car uh, holding on your driveway and also holiday houses that are just waiting for when you uh, are free to go and have your holiday. That is not what Jesus meant by that, or having a big amount of, of money in your account. No, that was not what he wanted to say. The abundant life is the life that he is involved in every day. Just imagine Jesus being in your life every day. God in person. Controlling all the events around you as a, as a person who put their full trust in him. The power of God at work to protect you and to make sure that you are giving thanks to God for his faithfulness in protecting you. Because that was what Jesus said, I will be with you to the end of the day. To the day when your life finished here on this earth, Jesus has promised those who follow him that he will be with them and Matthew 16 here Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to, to be crucified to give us an abundant life and for him to go to Jerusalem was a divine necessity for him to go that was what God the Father has willed and the appointed time came as Apostle Paul shares with us in Galatians 4.4, 4, the fullness of time. When God himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the whole counsel of God decided that now this is a time. This is a time for me to come and bring salvation, full salvation to my people. So Jesus was predicting his death and was sharing with his disciples because up to this point his disciples were not understanding what Jesus was doing. Jesus said he began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He must go. So he had no any other choice but to go. And he knew that a lot awaits him. Even he knows that. And he said, first thing he said, he will suffer many things. 
even we are not told the many things, but the whole account of the gospel is full of the many things Jesus Christ himself had to suffer. Just imagine if you are God and being mocked by people you can destroy in a minute. They said he was possessed by demons. He was suffering these things. But most importantly, Jesus was speaking about the time when he will be crucified. Leading up to that event, Jesus was brought before authorities and question of a wrong he hasn't committed. Being accused falsely. So we have heard him that he will destroy the temple. That was the accusation, isn't it? That he will destroy the temple. And for the religious Jews, that was politically not correct. Because he was defying their authorities. They didn't like Jesus because Jesus was destabilizing their system that was false. It was just crushing people. It was men business. And Jesus rebuked them, the Pharisees and the scribes. They love sitting in the first rows and they want to be seen as very important people. Jesus said, these are in the hand of these people. He is going to suffer, elders of Israel and the sheep priests and the scribes. These are the three groups he has mentioned himself. But he didn't mention the things that he was going to suffer. But we will see them uh, shortly. And he said to them, I must go. And these are the things that are going to happen to me. Not only that, I will suffer these many things, but in fact, I will be killed. Just talking about your death. I will be killed. If you know that you are going to be killed, a person in his right mind wouldn't go to the place where they will be killed, isn't it? (laughs) No one would want to do that. But Jesus, knowing that this is the only way that you and I, we can be sitting here today and call God our Father. And to be blessed. And not to face eternal judgment that is going to come on those who have refused to honor Christ as their Lord and their Savior. So Jesus said he is going to die and this death is not for his sin and, or his fault. He was going to die for, he, for them. And then also he said, I will be raised on the third day. Did Jesus rise for the dead, from the dead? Well, this is my first point. I just want to say to you, Jesus had a divine necessity. He had to go to the, to the cross and just to, to offer himself as a sacrifice. And his sacrifice was accepted by God. And he was raised. And Jesus knew, as there will be hindrances and obstacles for us as his followers on our journey, Also, he had to face some also, but he had to overcome them as well. And one of the pictures that we have here in this text was Peter himself, one of his disciples. Jesus called us a Satan, get behind me Satan, because he himself, in verse 22, because Peter... When Jesus said that he was going to Jerusalem and this is going to happen to him, that was graphic for him. For this great man with them, their leader with them, is going to face all this humiliation. He rebuked him. He took him aside and began to rebuke him. 
to admonish him strongly. Don't talk about this. A situation that happens between someone that is subject to you, isn't it? But now Peter is reversing this thing because he was just so caught up in his security. He is so caught up in, his, in the things of this world. And obviously he didn't understand the mission of Christ himself. That is what I, I say here. Because back in verse 16, he confessed. Because Jesus asked them, who do you think I am? Because other people were saying things. But who do you say I am? And he said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. That was a great confession. But this great confession was incomplete. Because Peter did understand that. The father revealed that to him. Gave him a word. But this word was not from him, and he didn't understand it, what it means for Jesus to be the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. He didn't know that Jesus was anointed to die on the cross. That he didn't know that. And that is why he was like trying to prevent Jesus. And Jesus said, you are in a tool in the hand of Satan. You get behind me, Satan. And the picture here, he said to him, you are a stumbling block to me. A stumbling block. What did I say about the stumbling block? A stumbling block referring to something over which people strip, isn't it? <laughs> and now Jesus is saying, Peter, you want me to strip, isn't it? You are a stumbling block. You want to hinder me fulfilling the will of my father. So he is just using this figuratively for things that lead people to sin and stumble in the faith, in their faith. This is what he's doing. And he said, Get behind me. Just behind me. He is the leader. He is leading the way. Because always leaders, they lead. And their followers, they follow them. But Peter, maybe he was like trying to act ahead of Christ. And he, now he's called to just to get behind. To mean two things. Like to, I didn't want to say to get lost. But <laughs> yeah, you just get behind. So I'm, I'm about to finish something. You are a stumbling block. Jesus has overcome here. And he said... This is what he means by this. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. The things of man, earthly things of this world, they are a great hindrance to follow God. I think you can relate to this yourself. I can relate to this myself. The more I am occupied with the things of this world, the less I am interested in prayer and witnessing and encouraging other Christians and giving away all my wealth and all other things that bring glory to God. Yeah, the things of this world will be a big problem because Peter, that was in his mind. He wanted his master to look as if he is overcoming his enemies, the Pharisees, the elders, the scribes. He didn't want his, his, his master to look weak because that was their thinking. They needed a a political leader who to come and deliver them from the, from the Roman Empire, 
and also to liberate the, the temple from the Pharisees and the scribes that Jesus was clashing with, just to bring a religion that Jesus will be their leader and their teacher, and then they will be fine and will fight their battles. Now, this is the, what Jesus wants his followers to do, you and I, and that is the focus of my sermon, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in that. And then Jesus said here, to his disciples, to anyone who want to follow him, to anyone who want to, to call himself a follower of Christ, to everyone who will say, um, this life I live is not my own, who to sing that song. Anyone who would want to sing the great songs that speak of sacrifice and mission and service and, and holiness and kindness and sacrificing all that we have for the sake of the Lord, Jesus is saying this thing to them. He said to them, to his disciples, and he's saying to you, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, if anyone would want to be a Christian, to be my follower, there is a divine necessity on them as it was on me to go to the cross. This is something you cannot do without. You cannot be a Christian without doing these things. That is what he said, the if condition. When we were learning grammar many years ago, we had three if, isn't it? They're called if conditions. And this is one of them. And Jesus is saying that you cannot be my follower unless you do these things. As it was necessary for me that I wouldn't have been called the, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, without going to the cross. He was very anointed. He was anointed for that very reason and that very purpose. To come into this world and go to the cross. And for himself, he knew, he knew that. And that is why there's reference here that he said his face like a flint, a stone. He was so willing. He was so radiant. He knew his mission. And it's quite interesting, the structure of the Old Testament is just exactly the structure of this text. Isaiah 50, that was what Jesus, the, the promise, the promise was looking to Jesus. When he said, I have not drawn back, I have not drawn back, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Jesus didn't retreat. And that was 700 years before he came into this world. The prophecy about him. Our salvation was just in God's mind and he, he planned it well. And he gave us pro, pro, prophecies that we cannot miss. And this word, you can put them in the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. He didn't retreat from all these things. And he said, I will not be disgraced because of the sovereign. Sovereign Lord helps me. He was, there was a divine power on him. There was a divine grace on him. He is full of grace, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, I set my face like flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. Jesus was, even his friends didn't think that he was not ashamed but he said I will not be put to shame I will not be defeated 
he who vindicates me is with me, Jesus says. And now he is saying, if anyone would want to follow me or to come after me, he must deny himself. He denied himself. The self was put to death. He didn't care so much about what people will say about this leader being mocked like that, carrying his cross to the place of his crucifixion, walking like a criminal. Because this is how they would uh, crucify or they would want to kill and execute criminals. They would be given their crosses and to carry them for a distance just to show to the public that this person is a criminal. And no one would want to associate themselves with a person like that. You know in the news in the few last days, in the last few days, there was a leader in our, in our country. He made some comments about someone else. And, and his friends and his leaders, they dissociated themselves from him. Because they wouldn't want to be part, to, to be friend with someone who is very controversial. That was what was happening. And Jesus, because he didn't really pay attention to, to man's opinions, his father in heaven was a person that was in his mind. And his mission and the people that he was going to save, he loved so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And the son did a retreat from fulfilling the love of the father and he himself. So he gave himself willingly. So now he's saying, if anyone would want to follow me, he must deny himself. The self must die also. You follow a leader who is being paraded as a criminal. And you yourself, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. The self must die. That is how we deserve Jesus. This is how we say we follow Jesus. When we follow Jesus against the opinions of even the nearest people to you, the nearest person to yourself. Who is the near, nearest person to you if you are married? <laughs> Man or woman? Is that it? <laughs> Maybe they want to encourage you into the wrong things. And, but this you must deny yourself because your master denied himself as well and follow him. He said you must deny yourself. The self is a big problem. When the self rules, so this is how you do. You will look down on people. You will promote yourself. You will not be kind in your word to people. You will not humble yourself before God and pray just to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't want to, to look like a religious person. You wouldn't want to do that, isn't it? I tell you a story. I think I must have said it. When I was beginning to read my Bible, it was not so cool for someone who finished university to look like a follower of Christ, isn't it? <laughs> like being a Christian. So it was so difficult to read my Bible in public or to let anyone else to know that I'm following Christ. I'm serious about this. So what I would do in the middle of the day and very hard, four to five, I would cover myself with a sheet and then I read my Bible under that and I would sweat just like that. Just simply because I don't want anyone to see me doing that. The self was still ruling my life. To the point when I received enough grace and I said enough is enough and then I pulled off that sheet <laughs> and I started to carry my Bible. And my friend, they noticed that this person is on a different course now. My language began to change as the Lord was working in me 
my, my priorities, my engagements in anything, the things I used to do were not the same anymore. And I pray I will not resurrect those things again. Jesus said that you must, the self must be put to death if you want to be my disciple and follow me. And take up your cross. And take up your cross. The cross is a symbol, isn't it? It's a symbol of shame. It's a commitment to, to whatever may happen to you, even death. That is what Jesus is referring to. And it's costly to be a Christian at times. Many Christians in some, world, in some part of the world, they have suffered death, physical death. We have seen many years ago in Libya, 21 Christians were just massacred by Muslim Brotherhood on the shore of Mediterranean Sea. And they said, we want to mix their blood with the water, like their master. And they were killed. They were all from Kosha, a place in Elminia. I visited three times that place during my time in Egypt and also when I was moving from here. So they died as Christians because they followed Christ. And they were urged to deny him. They couldn't deny him. They said, we die. We have followed him. So this is what Jesus is referring to. And he's saying like this, I think this is the only place where Jesus clearly laid out the first requirement and one single thing that we need as Christians to bear in our minds and then to carry the cross and then we can follow him. We can call ourselves followers. And it's a tough thing to do, isn't it? It's a tough thing to do, but this is the only way by which we can really uh, fulfill uh, even our mission, our work. This is where we can receive anointing to for salvation of many people. Now you just open your mouth and you share the, a simple word with someone and just, just as someone will be converted. But even like now, people are crying out, praying for revival. What, and, and they have long sermons about revival, isn't it? But this is revival. If you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus, certainly Jesus will pour out all his blessings, his power, all the anointing you need for whatever you want to do as the follower of Christ. It's a hard going now, isn't it? The churches are just closing down, and even in our presbytery, we have a lot of vacancies. And they are talking about really closing down churches because the Lord is, is not giving the harvest. And maybe there is a call for us today who are here and hearing this, that we need to examine ourselves and sit before the Lord and see whether there's the surface is still ruling whether we are pursuing things that really the Lord is not pleased with, whether we are ashamed of calling ourselves followers of Christ and we are not enduring the sh what looked like a shame. And Jesus said he will never be ashamed. And that is why Apostle Paul picked up from there also, and he said, I will never be ashamed of the gospel. That is the way of salvation, the way of victory, the way to the glory. And Jesus, he just gives us here illustrations. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Because if you dwell on the self, and then you lose your life. But if you are willing to let go of the self, you are saving your life. 
and you are preparing yourself for a greater blessings. That is what Jesus is saying. A life that is self-centered is lost. But a life that is, is really opened to every possibility is the life that is gained and fully lived. This is how you can live your life to the full. Because in that, what seemed to be the lost, that is the greatest gain you can ever gain as a Christian. This is what the Lord says. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. And anything that you have entrusted to the Lord Jesus Christ can never be taken away from him. And he will reveal it, if not now, on that day, if you have honored him completely, if you have denied yourself and, and take up your cross. Or took up your cross and then followed him. Your rewards is with him. That is what he said. He said, my rewards is with the Lord. That is in Isaiah 49. He didn't live to no purpose. He said, I have spent my strength. I didn't spend my strength in vain for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand. Even as he was on the cross dying, what due him was in God's hand. And that is what he's saying. His life, though now is going, looking like it's going to be lost, he is going to be revealed again, this is what he's saying. Because for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory. No cross, no glory, isn't it? This is what he's saying. He's saying he's going to come and all that is you have entrusted to Christ will be revealed. Well, we have two masks. The one mask, Jesus did it. And then there is a one mask that you need to do. I need to do. And today is a good day that we need to review, uh, serve our work with the Lord, and we see where we have fallen short, and then we repent of our sins and take up our cross again and follow Christ. It might be hard. You might not have many people walking this journey with you because Jesus says, pray for one another, love one another. If that doesn't seem to be happening now, trust the Lord. Sooner or later, he will bring next to you the people who will be great encouragement to you so that you can finish the journey. He will bring the like-minded, those who love Jesus Christ deeply and will be a great encouragement to you. And maybe also the Lord wants you to get next to someone so that you do your mass together because this journey was meant that we do it as his followers. He said, you, that was plural. And we live in times where self-centeredness is ruling and, and everybody is doing what is pleasing in his sight. And so, no wonder why there is poverty of his spirit and there are no really more gains into the kingdom. But Jesus is saying, my grace is with you even now for those who are following him. He might come now 
and find them doing what is right. And then they will be rejoicing. That is what the last verse means. I tell you the truth. Some of who, some, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So that was not only that time, just every time, isn't it? When this word is preached or is shared. And so this is an encouragement. If you are, have been so faithful to the Lord, keep doing that. Because at any time Christ might return. And then your rewards, the prophets, will be there. As it was necessary for the Son of Man to go to Jerusalem, it is necessary for us to do what he wants us to do. And we have no any other option if we are to call ourselves followers of Christ.